Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. and welcome in to another episode of the penny bloom podcast it is i colton robertson and you have returned for the sarlacc sound wave this is our weekly episodic coverage of uh, the book of boba fett this week chapter six from the desert comes a stranger i am joined by joseph george what's up homie what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you we are also joined by miles fucking buttress what's up homie doing good you know I'm happy to be here to talk about this fucking episode this fucking episode now obviously if you have not watched the episode fuck off uh spoilers are coming uh many of them uh, as this was one <laughs> of the more uh loaded episodes ever and it, it reframes this episode reframed kind of the way i'm gonna look at all star wars television framed in this uh period hmm uh, so that means Ahsoka and uh, anything else that may come in this post uh, Return of the Jedi. They're not separate shows. No, nope, uh, it's they're, just a timeline. They're all one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I can, I can, like, I do have my gripes. You know, like from I like as a Star Wars fan. Obviously, there's nothing more you want than this. You know, like this is this is fucking everything. This is this is an amazing episode. Uh, just everything you've ever wanted. Uh, the the problem is that it comes in the middle of a show called The Book of Boba Fett, and Boba Fett makes, I mean, in classic Boba Fett fashion, is barely in it and doesn't say anything. Um, just like the original trilogy. But, uh, you know, I just... Well, you know, for all those people that, you know, that want Boba Fett to be like he was in the original trilogy, here you go. Here we are. Here this we is are. what you want. No, and, and that the the argument I saw was like, uh, imagine we're watching uh, we're watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and episodes four and five were about Wanda and Vision. <laughs> That's fair. Like, and and like it also makes sense because the Mandalorian was only about the Mandalorian, you know. So like, it's not like they were going with this the whole time, or maybe this is just how they kickstart the timeline. Whatever. Um, or however they're going to treat it. I mean, I'm assuming like it's just a straight up timeline and you have to watch this in release order and every, like in order to get yeah. everything, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when Ahsoka and Mandalorian season three comes out because right. that's the only way like we'll be able to tell, but yeah, I don't know. It's good and bad. Like if you're up to date on star Wars, it's fantastic because it's just like, you're getting it as it releases and it's like, you're just getting what you want. But I feel like if someone wants to get into this in a year and they just want to like binge the Mandalorian and then binge Boba Fett, it's going to be confusing. People will be like, ah, it's just too hard to get into. I have to watch them in different orders. And like, I don't know. It's just not what you want to do when you, ever, when you want to build like, I don't know, a franchise that anyone can get into. I was going to I'm like the way that I'm going to look at it, this post Return of the Jedi, is that every show is 
we have our arcs. Mm-hmm. We have our Clone Wars style, Rebel style, one, two, maybe three or four episode arcs. Mm-hmm. And the first four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett are one of those arcs. Um and this is this is us catching up to the point where he would fight that war. I think something that is kind of bothering me about the way people are uh, receiving this is we need to wrap up the story. And it's like, it's not like we've spun this intricate web that is impossible to get out of. In fact, the first four episodes do a fucking great job at telling a complete rebirthing story. And that's all. Mm. And uh, the, the frame of reference was that we were thinking like, oh, we're going to get this war. We're going to see all this. And it's like. No, this has officially yeah. been reframed. Now it's now it was his rebirth and what comes next. A little bit of what comes next. I, I think, you know, which we all thought too. I think that we, you know, everyone was kind of thinking we're going to get the war and then we're going to get some of the, you know, we're going to get like maybe a conclusion to the war by the end. Mm-hmm. And they clearly weren't ever planning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Um, this was I, the third episode that we were like, the war's coming. You yeah. know, like this is this is the war. Here it comes. Yeah. But I guess last time we were like, I think Colton, you said that it's just gonna be the season finale now. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. and who knows? What if it's still not, you know, what if it's like the season two finale? Like it's something great, like I don't know. Well um, the war was started I, yeah. in this episode. Yeah. That's true. I think I yeah. think the I mean, way that they ended fair. the episode. I, I just minus don't want to jump uh, the gun, but we're pretty certain that the war is coming, right? The war like, is coming. Can we the say... war is coming. <laughs> I think, I think, the right. way, I think ending number one of the episode, not ending number two shows like the war has started because mm. you don't bomb, you know, a cantina and not so without sad, the plans man. of like, escalating. Oh, dude, I'm um, so cool. Devastating. I can't believe yeah. they did my girl let me, like that. Let me, but... spit, let me, let me give you this real quick though. I, I tell you at, uh, you know, fresh off the end of season one of The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, in three years, or two and a half years, we'll have a show centered around Boba Fett, in which one of the episodes will be centered around Din going to visit Baby Yoda at Luke Skywalker's temple, where he will run into Ahsoka, who is there with Luke, uh, who have already met and are already down with each other. You know, Din's going to have his own little interaction with R2-D2. He's going to leave uh, and and he's going to go back and they're gonna he's going to meet Boba Fett in Jabba's palace uh, where Boba Fett is now ruling. And, uh, you know, we're also going to see live action Cad Bane. Uh, you shit your fucking pants. That's an insane episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were like, all right, we know exactly what all of you want. We and they proved it to us right here. That like if you are a Star Wars nerd and you've watched everything they've ever released, this is just one of the most coming together like episodes that was just so cool to see the interactions of. Like mm-hmm. it was amazing. Even if you're like a new Star Wars fan and you had no idea who Cad Bane was, you were still probably like Damn, that is a scary motherfucker. Like, even if you have no idea and this is your first time coming in, I still think people would enjoy this episode because the common people love Grogu. And there was some cute-ass Grogu moments in this episode, man. The little Force Leaps, man. Oh, my He's God. Fucking like, like, mouth agape, big-ass smile, eyes wide, looking around oh, like, holy shit. You this forgot is about awesome. Order 66, too. 
Order 66, where we get a flashback to the fucking temple. Like, oh, this is just a fruitful fucking episode. So I say we jump into this in a scene by scene. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Because we'd be jumping around for days if we we tried to just cover this in general. (laughs) Yeah, we would. So, uh, again, this is uh, Chapter 6, From the Desert Comes a Stranger, uh, air date February 2nd, 2022, written by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, directed by Dave Filoni. They were in uh, their bag for this one. They were in their bag. So the episode opens with a shot of several moisture evaporators, and uh, some of the pikes uh, are meeting beneath one of them, and... uh, one of them's like, it's all there. And uh, Park, uh, one of the guards replies that uh, they'll have to leave the spice and take the credits back to Mos Eisley. And the rest will follow. And then they're uh, approached by one Cobb Van who asks mm-hmm. if they know where they are. And I was like, yes! I love my boy Cobb Vanth. I love my boy Cobb Vanth. He quick he's with the it shit. He's, he's tough. He's, he's not tough. just talk, you know. He's, no. No, he's, he's got not. got some firepower uh, behind him. And one of the pikes reaches for the blaster in his holster, but, you know, he's like, oh, think it through. Think it through. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're not from here. You're lost. Um, but you see, you you look off in that distance. You look off in this distance. Everything here is the most Pelago territories. These straps right here, they declare me the marshal of those territories. Uh, so I'm in charge of the folks here. He tells them that... uh. He didn't see what was in the chest, so no laws were broken as far as he's concerned. And, you know, he gives them the opportunity to load up and get out of there and never come back. And uh, the Pikes obviously reject the offer. They reach for the blasters, but Cobb goes ahead and guns him down. Except for one. He's like, ah, so you're the smart one. <laughs> uh, Man, this dude is cold. And strange side note, he looks exactly like my, my godfather, um, like almost to a T. The only difference is their like their hair color, like their face, like they look exactly the same. So like that's all I'm thinking. That's all I'm thinking. Like during this is like, damn, Godfather's a beautiful man, badass, bro. Like yeah, like this. I don't know. It was just badass. It just heightened it even more. But uh, no, yeah, I I love Cobb, you know. And after seeing him in the season two premiere of The Mandalorian, I was hoping we would get more. And to kick this episode off with Cobb Vanth, I was like, way to get me going in the last place I expected. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, uh, I was like, oh, we start with Cobb Vanth. All right, I'm in it. Uh, you know, he tells the, that other, the last Pike here that he's uh, he's aware of the syndicate, tells him to take the credits back with him. He warns that any uh, anyone getting lost running spice through most Pelgo again will be lost forever. And uh, he tells the Pike to unload his chest and leave. And to consider it a fine for trespassing. You know, the Pike says that the contents of the chest are worth more than the entire town. And Cobb's like, yeah, then I'll consider retiring. And uh, he watches as the Pike mounts his speeder and leaves with a calm tono of credits. And uh, he leaves behind the chest, which Cobb goes ahead and kicks over, letting the desert wind carry it away. And I was like, that was like a really cool fucking shot too. Mm. Watching the spice pour out of that and uh Western as fuck. Western dude. as fuck. This just ah yeah. oh, mm. it was glorious. Like every every moment with him was so western. Oh, like, and it always is. In Freetown. I love like, it's kind of Freetown. In Freetown, it was better. so western. Like, oh man. Like Oh, and the and the whole like uh that there's a city folk fight. Like I I didn't even think of it in the first season, uh, like season two of Mandalorian, that like most Pelgos like the the rural rural area compared mm-hmm. to like most Isley and <laughs> that's rural rural yeah. like 
holy, that's out there. That's, that's sand there. people like out there. Yeah, they're they're like I thought they were as close to the Dune Sea as you could possibly get without technically being the Dune Sea. <laughs> seems like it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't uh I don't know. I guess we've seen a map of uh Oh yeah, we did and, uh, but uh but I don't know. Uh, yeah. well, wow. But uh after that we cut away to uh Din. Uh, and is a modified Naboo starfighter exiting hyperspace above a green forest world. And I was like, okay, so we're doing it. We're just doing it. I wonder if they'll show it. I wonder if it's just going to be kind of like a fail. I wonder what's going on here. Mm. And uh, then he flies the ship into the planet's atmosphere. And, you know, on the ground, you see R2-D2 with his R2 fucking sensor fucking going. R2-D2, bro. That was the first, the first like, uh, I said, like, oh, my God. No, like, really? Like, this is happening? Like, yeah, I, like I sat up, like, wait a minute. Okay. I, you know, I, I'm fully expecting the cutaway and like, just watch it. Mandalorian season three, whatever. You know, that's what I was fully expecting. And I mean, I was nope, sure we're not the whole fucking thing here. And, uh, you know, he guides Din's ship down beside a river with brown water and he beeps at Din while he's coming out of his ship. And, you know, Din greets him and tells him that he's looking for Luke Skywalker and he has come to see the child Grogu. And R2-D2, you know, beeps before leading Din down a path into a forest of, like, bamboo shit, which was awesome. And you mm. see a bunch of ant droids skidding past them, and, uh... Is that what they're, like, officially called? Yeah, ant That's droids. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. You know, and as they, uh, as they leave the forest, they find several ant droids assembling a stony structure, uh, what will eventually be a temple. So, so where, where did Luke get his, like, um absolute obsession with building these little rock fucking huts right <laughs> maybe it's just what these ant droids specialize in you know they can just did he, did he just like was he just like listen i need a way to build a house i need a dome here, someone, here 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 someone just someone sent it. him a text and was like hey listen i got these ant droids they'll build you a bomb ass house my dude just trust me i'll send you like 30 of them real quick hey he gets them they start build building like a 20 by 20 foot room <laughs> they start uh, building he's like what the fuck is this I mean, I guess I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life. Like, he I mean, literally it looks has Jedi like, to... though, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It's the Jedi. I mean, theme. yeah, but dude literally has the Force. I feel like he can do better than a little fucking stone igloo. He's right. a Jedi master. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. But, uh, you know, I also thought the design of these droids kind of implied that uh, R2 is like their commander. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like white with the blue stripe down the middle. Just like, took a they, nap all, too. they all report oh, yeah. to R2. I like to think that this is R2 is just the hive mind, you know, right. he's, he's all of them. And because I, it kind of like, makes sense though, because, um, they're communicating the to like, R2 somehow, is all the somehow he knows that like, I don't know, maybe Luke was just like, um, because how did he know to like build the bench for him and like, uh, just wait and then power down? Like, uh, I mean, I would assume that R2, I mean, R2 clearly made that decision and, yeah. you know, he, I feel like that was just yeah. a, you know, like Ahsoka was like, we hey, wait for Master Luke. I, honestly, Ahsoka might have told him. <laughs> I, I, I took she, it as R2 is done with everything after the fall of the Empire. And anytime anyone slightly gets on his nerves, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to yeah. sleep. Here's yeah. a bench. Uh, yeah. Sorry, he's like, I'll, I'll help you in the in like, I'll help you, but I'm not going to be super helpful. <laughs> and then as soon as you think like I'm about to help you some more, I'm just going to go to sleep. Right, right. R2 is <laughs> probably jealous that uh, Grogu's getting all the time with Master Luke. Uh, oh, you want to uh, see Grogu, huh? Not the droid that, you know. Oh, 
Oh, trying to help save the universe Everybody and everything. Wants <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, Din asks, you know, if this is where they are and R2 enters into hibernation, much to Din's frustration, waving his hand in front of his face like, no, don't go to sleep. Wake up. And uh, he instead speaks to the ant droids, telling them he was looking for Skywalker. And the droids instead assemble a makeshift bench, uh, which Din questions. Is that a bench? Uh, which I just absolutely loved. It's so funny hearing like uh, the space people in Star Wars say like regular ass things like bench. Mm. I don't know why that sounds like it wouldn't be a Star Wars word, but it doesn't well, sound like it'd be a Star because Wars. Because once again, they turn jazz into jizz. So you just expect every like reasonable thing. You expect them to be like, oh, this is actually a bench. <laughs> this is a bench. Uh, but uh, the androids continue doing their fucking thing. And uh, elsewhere on the green forested world, we see Grogu meditating across from a from one fucking Luke Skywalker who is looking a lot better than he did in the season two finale of Mandalorian. Um, I think the crazy thing about this new CGI and deepfake is that this was a a YouTuber who did this, a guy who started on YouTube, and um, back whenever the season two finale came out, he did this better. Yeah. Um, and he did it way faster. He did it like before them even too, like in his own like fan made projects. He had like Mark Hamill's fate, like Mark Hamill's, like onto Sebastian Stan, like, you know, even without the base actor that Disney had and all the technology, like this dude was just doing it. And I'm pretty sure they hired him yeah, for they, these uh, shots, yeah, they did. which is like just about. really cool. Like, uh, oh, we know at least that they hired him onto the team that works yeah. on the CGI for like, these sort of things, which certainly helped. That dude pushed technology forward like so fast, like the deep fake technology. Like it's still a little off. Like, like humans were were too good at detecting the most minute things. So even if the smallest thing is off, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's and, just the facial recognition thing, and it's like it only happened a couple times, and mm -hmm. it wasn't. It was like. Like for a second that it looked bad. Like but it was. Well, it was good. I think the like, only times like when any time that it was like that his face wasn't the focus. I think it looked perfect. But like the couple times where we were like zoom in on his face, if he didn't like, if he didn't have to like give like a super like weird reaction or like say something, I think it still looked fine. Whenever it was zoomed in on his face and he was like trying to like talk and show emotion at the same time, it just kind of just didn't like it. I think, and the best. I I noticed it a couple times and I was just like, ooh. The thing I saw that made like kind of the most sense to me was that this looks more realistic, but it looks less like Mark Hamill than the the season two finale, which no. I can kind of see. I think the season two finale, like that one does look like Mark Hamill, even though there are some like face glitches. It does look more like him, but I don't I'm, care that it I doesn't look you know, like just yeah, like 80s yeah. Mark Hamill, like it's the hair. It all like all that really matters is like the hair. Um, I true like. What's funny to me is that was the only thing that I thought looked was off. a little off. Yeah, it was like was too hair. wig like. like yeah, uh, it yeah. looked fake. Mm -hmm. Uh, which it, like it, it isn't a problem. Obviously, I'm over here. It's fucking Luke Skywalker. I'm gonna be good with whatever the fuck you put in front of me. Uh, hated that message from Tillman. Sorry, Tillman. Gonna call you out. Uh, whenever we were hyping up the episode and he was like every time luke skywalker on the screen you act like it's jesus like yes we are star wars fans of course i'm excited is... to see luke skywalker in a tv show he's literally the jesus of star wars like pretty much like dude saved the entire galaxy and he's spoken of as legend now even though that he's a real person so like he kind of is jesus 
um, as close to, to Jesus as, as close as it get. gets. <laughs> but uh, behind Luke's back, to Grogu's knowledge, he's uh, he's trying to uh, force lift a frog up and into his mouth, uh, which is just hilarious. He will one day wipe out the entire frog population. <laughs> he just uh, Dar- he's Darth Grogu, and he just eats. That's how he he just goes planet to planet, eating every frog eating every population. frog. <laughs> no, because Luke Luke shows him here in deep meditation how to you know how to do that. He he lifts all the all the frogs out after Grogu, mm. and uh, <laughs> he he's, he sets sets the frog down, and then. They go back to meditating, and he goes ahead and stretches out his hand and causes all the frogs to levitate yeah. out. And Grogu's like, fucking, oh, my God, dude, when I learn how to do that, it's a wrap. Well, I think I think he literally did it because he was like, hey, Grogu, if you keep paying attention, one day you'll be able to do this and just lifts them all up at the same time. And he's like, if you if you work diligently, one day you'll be able to kill every fo- every frog on this planet and eat all of them. You know what this was? This to Grogu is Yoda lifting the X-wing for Luke. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Do you see, do you see the X-wing in the water whenever Din flew in? Oh, it I was did like not get it that. was barely peeking out of the water. You could just see a little X-wing peeking out of the water, like down I didn't in there. Catch that! Um, I wish I would have. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it it's like barely anything, but it looks exactly like the wing. I, like I the wouldn't think it's that because he hasn't. I mean, how Although do you get there? How do you get there? Well, no, I was going to say, I wouldn't think it's that because he hasn't gone like recluse mode. So he would still like have an X-Wing if he needed to leave the planet for whatever but reason. But it would make sense if he just left it in the water. and he. Had but then I was thinking it about it and then I realized I was like – little homage to Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I was thinking about it and then I was like, well, it's not – clearly X-Wings being you know underwater for extended periods of time doesn't – for whatever reason doesn't mean they stop working. Mm. Which you would expect, but you know, you just gotta wait they, they, they still work. Things, you know? things just chill down there, and they're fine. Yeah, uh, since since Yoda pulled it out, it still works fine. Even, and, you can even and tear Luke apart it out the after... door, uh, tear apart the fucking wing, build a door, build a door out of it, put it on a little hut. You know what? You can still lift it out of there and fly it off. Yeah, well, that's you what know? that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? He that thing was underwater for who knows how long in for the sequel trilogy, right. and he just just lifted it up and was like in Dagobah Swamp, smacked dude. it. And was like that. Go ahead, like go. You yeah, got that's it. Dagobah Swamp. This is just like kind of a a little dirty pond. Like it's, it look kind of clear actually. So look, a lot look, better. This is. A, I think he saw like he was like I see the advantages of Dagobah, but I'm gonna go ahead and upgrade <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I like to be one with nature and all, but not that much. No, it's the. Uh, <laughs> it's the I'm, I'm okay with being one with nature and the forest, but I don't want to live in a goddamn swamp, Yoda. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm also not gonna live in a tree trunk cave thing. I'm gonna live in a in a little igloo made of stone built by spider bots. <laughs> Ant bots or ant bots. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. Wait, spider bots, Spider Man, and an Ant Man. Uh, but you know, after that, Luke goes ahead and invites Grogu for a little walk. Where uh, Skywalker tells him, you know, he reminds him of uh, of Yoda. And as he as they walk, he goes ahead and force lifts him along. And I was like, oh, this is everything I've ever wanted in my life. Uh, he adds, you know, Yoda was small like him, but he had a huge heart, and the Force was strong with him. He recounts, uh, you know, that Yoda once said, "Size matters not." He explains that Yoda spoke in riddles, and uh, he asks if uh, anyone spoke like that back at Grogu's home. Like, you ever heard anybody talk like that? Is that like a thing you guys do? Um, <laughs> Another and, moment that was kind of uh, like, wait a minute, what's like? Are we going to get some information here? Like, right. is it like, 
and it kind of gave an insight of like how they communicate. Like he's just communicating like through the force with them right now, like straight yeah, up. Like, like, he's having it. conversation, which is just cool to think. What about. uh, what what was the name? Yaddle. What's what's the name Yaddle? of the other? Yaddle. Did we ever hear Yaddle speak? I don't think we did in the Phantom Menace. I think she okay. sat there, but I don't. Because I was going to say, is, is like I took this question to be like a like a Luke since he's only ever spoken with one of them to be like a was this like a just a Yoda thing? Was Yoda just a like an asshole, or was this like a your species thing? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that it can't be like a like if it is a species thing. Even so, it's them choosing to do that. You know, like no, I mean, no, I mean, it literally confirmed. could just be like a like there because I mean. You know, he's already 50 years old. It could literally just be like a – their species just – their brain just works that way. According to the Star Wars wiki, Yaddle rarely spoke, but when she did, she spoke in the same unusual way as fellow council member Yoda. God damn it. It's a fucking so, species thing. God damn it. Okay. I'm Crazy okay theory I want, here. I want, I want little Grogu to be – I, I had a brain blast, and Ma- this, Mandalorian, is, this, is, this is kind of off the cuff. And I, I'm I'm only like three percent in it, but I don't know. It kind of makes sense. Um, and Luke kind of foreshadows it even um, with a couple lines, like saying it's it's kind of like he's remembering rather than uh, me teaching him um, or something like that. And you remind me a lot of my, you know, my little friend. Obviously, just because he's the same species, but like part of me feels that this is Yoda's consciousness in Grogu or part of it is in there. Like with their species, they're just like so connected with the Force. That they just like live on in like e- each other somehow, um, and mm. that's how they're like so strong with the force, like consistently, even at his like super small, you know, untrained. You know, he's like just an untrained Padawan right now. Um, so like, I don't think it's fully Yoda just in Grogu's body. Like, I think it's kind no, of yeah. like their species just kind of have this super connectedness with the force. All that species lives on through Grogu now. Yeah, and I think like. This is a uh, like it sounds all nice and beautiful, but like you got to think whenever Palpatine hears this information, what he will do with that, and that's why like Grogu's so sought after, and why they want him so bad. You know, like the evil side of it, which is you know obviously there has to be a conflict in here some somewhere, and I think Grogu will be the center of a lot of conflict in the future. Right. Um, so I don't know, kind of, I don't know if it's super out there, but that's like kind of the. The like down the line, like phase, I whatever. Mean, we've like, seen force know. consciousness transferal in other in other places, specifically Sith. But like, uh, it would be interesting if that's sort of how their uh, their species kind of kind of went about things. It is. Hmm. I I don't know if I'm I'm 100 behind it, but I do like where your head's at, uh, yeah. for sure. Omega's in there somewhere. She's it, like yeah. Grogu and Omega are like the key to Palpatine's. <laughs> stuff that that's like my i don't know that's and, and where there, i'm at and there's omega um that that's where i'm at but grogu's a big part but uh <laughs> nevertheless luke goes ahead and asks grogu if he remembers home and asks if he uh if he would like to hmm. and grogu remains still and and has like sa- he looks real sad as he reaches for his top of his head he like he like tenses up like no i don't know that i really really want to uh and I like the effect they show us of the vision. It's the same as Revenge of the Sith whenever Anakin's having a vision of Padme dying. Uh, and he, he witnesses the, the clone troopers gunning down uh, some Jedi. And uh, as they advance towards him, uh, we cut to black. And uh, I was like, holy fucking shit. 
we got our first crumbs and I, I got, I got a little, I got a little, I got crumbs, Mm. um, on the wall Mm -hmm. in one of the shots where the, uh, where the lightsabers are, you know, they're deflecting the, uh, the blaster bolts is the family crest of one Barris Offie. They're so smart. No, they better not try and fucking redeem that bitch. <laughs> that bitch, she was right. <laughs> not to the not to the degree that she took it, but uh, she had she had points. Mm. Like, uh, listen, these... listen. She was she was right in what she did, but not in framing Ahsoka for it. These little details. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Are insane that they include. Like they know that they will be found because. They know the fandom is that crazy. You know, like, we inspect these episodes frame by frame. Like, at the, at the most extreme level. Like, there are people that do that. Like, that will sit and just go frame by frame until they get everything. Um, and I, I don't know. I love – I just love little details like this. And could be misdirection, you know, for just the super fans. Or it could just be like, yeah, this is where we're going. We're, you're clued in. You know, you're welcome. Thanks for being such a great fan. But – uh I don't know. I saw mm. I saw this on uh on an article. This whole the the family crest thing, and it's I don't know. It, it just reminds me of like just cockroach like things across Marvel that are small, yeah. like things like that that I, like I love. Can can I just say real quick though? Um, I fucking hated this entire scene. Um, the not Order not 66? like yeah yeah hated it. Not because – I mean I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But okay. I hated it because he said, do you want to see some memories of home? And I thought, mm, we're about to get some – we're about to get some memories of, of the fucking – a bunch of little Yodas running around a planet. Mm. We're about, this is about to be the most weird fucking memory on – just okay. ever. And I was singing like we're about to get some memories of the planet and like weird shit. And then it just goes to Order 66 and I was like, I mean cool, but I wanted – I wanted I – wanted No, what makes this Yodas cool though to me around. is that – is that home was the yeah, Jedi oh, I temple? Know. I know. What does well, that that's mean? For, no, well, no, that's the case for pretty much all. Oh, yeah, they're all picked up so at, as infants. Okay, I guess think, Anakin was old. Yeah, and or, you also yeah, have I, to think I'm about, actually reading uh, Master and Apprentice, the book uh, about Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi that takes place right before the Phantom Menace, mm. and uh, they're kind of discussing at one point that Obi Wan Kenobi was under the impression. That he was an old Padawan and he was take or an older youngling and he was taken in at three, uh, and they were discussing another guy who they were like, I don't think we'll ever let anyone in as old as him again, and he was five. Mm. So Anakin was nine, which really walloped the whole shit. Yeah, That's uh, well, and and yeah, also I mean, they... you also got to think, he, Baby Yoda or Grogu, sorry, um, Grogu was taken in at <laughs> was probably also taken in at like two or three. Even though, yeah, and probably lived there for twenty fucking maybe years. like thirty. Well, he he could have yeah, been taken he, in like at thirty, you know. No, well, see, that's him. the thing though. It, I don't think they care about like where you are like developmentally. It's all about like no, literally, how old are you? How long have you been there? And so I think like you remember a different place as home. You'll always yeah, they are. Them. I mean, they are really pushing this Jedi. You know, Lee, you, you can't have any attachments in the Mandalorian yeah. side where it's the complete opposite. Like, they're really pushing for that. Um, and, I mean, I, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it, I think, a lot more at the end of the episode yeah. um, with the choice and everything. So, I guess I'll... I will say also that. say, along with the idea that Barasafi could have done something here, um, the like, is she even still there? 
at the time of Order 66? Or is she locked away? Uh, uh, see, of what... I, I would say but she'd during be a time away. like Order 66 where everything's just chaotic, you know. Well, you know, but, she could have gotten out and gone would, back to her place. You but think I'm she... thinking – oh, wait, go ahead. I was going to say you'd think like if she was locked away that she'd be locked away in like the giant prison. Yeah. But at the same time because she's like uh, – she wasn't – she was a uh, – Jedi know, fugitive. She was like, a Jedi prisoner. I don't know that they put her in a prison with other people true. that might they the Jedi might have like a dedicated prison. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the uh, the other thought I had because we find out in Rebels that she didn't die in Order sixty six, uh, Luminara, Mistress Luminara Unduli, who was Barisafi's. No, I thought we. Master. I thought she did die. She did, but she was taken into Imperial custody after Order sixty six. Right. You're right. She didn't die. She was taken in after Order 66 happened. They killed her, and then they just used her corpse. Yes. As a, oh, as a trap. my God. I forgot about yeah. that. Damn. Yeah. That's rough. So I'm like, I think we could have another tragic, Ooh. like a Jedi gets captured, get like getting Grogu out of there in Luminara. I think that would be a cool, mostly because I love Luminara from yeah. uh, specifically the 2D micro series. Uh, she's badass in that, and then, uh, you know, her live action appearances and appearances in the Clone Wars are just awesome too. But I think she would be a cool little addition to Grogu's backstory. The thing I kind of struggle with is: is Grogu important enough simply because he lives for a thousand years? And like, is that enough? Like, yeah. and there there doesn't have to be anything more special about him, right? Like that that's enough. That's enough people, because I mean, like. I think if they know that he's the force and he lives as long as he can. He can yeah. teach for a thousand, for hundreds of years. So it's like yeah. the, the holy grail for a Jedi. Yeah. Like, well, and I think a, he probably also probably, I mean, he probably has a pretty like you know, high midichlorian redacted count. Um, since midichlorians are are they a thing? Aren't they a thing? Who knows? Um, but he probably has. He's probably pretty strong in the force. But it's also probably literally just like. He he has clearly been taught and like he's he's clearly already learned some stuff as you know in in the temple, like Luke says later on. You know, it, it's not it's mostly more him remembering than me teaching. Mm. Um, well, so he clearly says it's he, more like he's remembering. Oh yeah, he's yeah, that's what I said. What yeah, um, and so like clearly he knows some stuff, and so they were probably just like a he will be able to carry on some of our teachings as long as he survives. Right. Right. Well, nevertheless, when Grogu emerges back from the flashback, uh, Luke's like, uh, hey, welcome back, buddy. I brought you here. Uh, we're in front of a nice little lake with some mountains now. Uh, the galaxy can be a dangerous place. Uh, I'm going to teach you to defend yourself. And they're like, just look, it's really pretty out here. And I was like, you know what? This is really pretty out here. The fact that and the fact that we have this whole new image of like knowing Luke Skywalker's first Padawan after his. His last master was Yoda, and his first Padawan after that is Grogu. Is just really cool. Mm. Um, I really, really like that. But uh, meanwhile, you know, Din is seemingly asleep on a bench when he is. Uh, he awakes with a clatter as he's startled with a startled by Ahsoka Tano. Hello. Like, oh shit! <laughs> There's Hello. Ahsoka, and I was like, oh, so they, she's just hanging out here with yeah. with Luke. And Grogu, because it doesn't seem like a thing. She knows everything. Yeah, uh, I, I love that the first because this is what at like the ten minute mark. Uh, yeah, this fucking, we get the opening yeah. scene with uh, what's his name? Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. Yeah, I just couldn't. I kept wanting to say Cad Bane. Cobb Vanth. 
we get the opening scene with that, and I was like, oh, shit, they're bringing Cobb Vanth back. And then I get the opening, you know, then I immediately get Luke and Grogu, and I was like, okay, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, they're just, like, pulling out all the stuff. And then fucking Ahsoka pops up, and I'm like, You got okay. Cobb Vanth, Dylan Pikes, Din meeting up with R2, uh, Luke and Grogu, and then Din yeah. waking up to Ahsoka back to back to back to back, and yeah. it's like, holy fucking shit. Mm. But, uh, and then you know, finally we get a little bit of Boba. <laughs> yeah, for 45 seconds. But, uh, you know, Ahsoka explains she's an old friend of the family, which mm. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, this whole thing's going to be awesome. And, uh, Din recalls, you know, that Ahsoka said that she would not be training Grogu. And she's like, ah, I am not. Master Luke is training him. And Din's like, okay, then what are you doing here? And she's like, well, what are you doing here? Mm. And Din tells her, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to see Grogu. <laughs> Ahsoka's like, ah, that is why R2-D2 took you to me. And the uh, the astromech droid goes ahead and beeps as he's woken up. And uh, then asks about uh, about the place. And Ahsoka, you know, says, it, it's nothing now, but one day it will be a great school. She adds that Grogu will be its first student. And that, that was the nice little, like, Ben Solo's not around yet. Mm. Don't mm. worry. Uh, don't, don't worry. <laughs> he's not at risk of death. Yeah, no, not yet, not yet, and uh, soon maybe, Din, but not so, yet. soon perhaps. Uh, but Din, you know, asks how Grogu is doing, and Ahsoka is like, "He's doing good. He's doing fine." And Din's like, "I would like to see him." And R two D two does his little, wah, wah. and uh, Ahsoka's like, "All right, come on, walk with me through the bamboo forest." Uh, and uh, Ahsoka recalls, you know, warning Din, didn't I? Uh, didn't I tell you? This might be a problem. Difficult to let go. And Din's like, yes, but Grogu was a Mandalorian foundling in my care. I want to make sure he is safe. And Ahsoka responds that there's no place in the galaxy safer than being with Luke. And you know, that's, mm, that's frankly that's fair. correct. That's fair. Uh, least, I, I don't at know. At least for the next. For the time. Like as long as people years. don't know where Luke is, because he could he could be a target, you know, and then that puts right, Grogu right. in immediate well, danger. Could, so like, He could be a target, but, but, but let's. But look he at what is he did, Luke Skywalker. To, yeah, I was gonna say, look at what he did to the unbeatable droid army that uh that Moff Gideon had. <laughs> he made that shit light work. Um, but nevertheless, you know, uh, Din questions Ahsoka. You know, like you're okay with Luke training the kid when you said you wouldn't, and Ahsoka's like, that was Luke's decision. I do not control the wants of others. Mm. Um, and Din responds that this is just as much his choice to go and see Grogu then. Uh, Can I say how freaking great Din's armor looked in this bamboo forest? Like, oh, it, it was shining so and like... Oh, and like, oh. the shot where he walks up and looks at, at oh, Luke and Grogu and there was like a glint the... on his shoulder. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah they, look, thinking of the shiny armor though, can I say, I am so happy that they like buffed out the, uh, the ship that Din has. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy yeah. it's not like that like full chrome because I thought it was gonna like stay like this, the like super bright, shiny chrome, and I was like, I just don't want to see him flying around in that. That's too flashy. Mm. And they like they like, they, they, they like they literally just essentially has the same paint job as the Razor Crest. No, I don't even have a little. Yeah. I don't even think it's a paint job because like if you look at it, um, whenever it shows it, and there's like a scene where it like shows it close up, it literally looks like they took it and just like took sandpaper <laughs> and just like sanded the chrome off. So it yeah. literally just looks like they sanded it down to where it's more of like a you know like rough you know gray instead of a shiny 
chrome. <laughs> right. And there's like that, there's like little streaks of yellow in it. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it has that reminiscent of the razor crest as it had the little yellow stripe on it. But, uh, mm. you know, Ahsoka is like, all right, sure. Dan, you can do that. They're up there. Check it out. Then's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go up there. And then Ahsoka's like, ah, are you doing it for Grogu? Or are you doing it for you? Then's like, I just want to give him this. <laughs> <laughs> I came all and this he, way. He explains, you know, it is it belongs to Grogu by right. Mm. And uh, Ahsoka suggests that, you know, Grogu's, Grogu's a Padawan now. And Din reasons that this armor will protect him regardless of whether he chooses to be Jedi or Mandalorian. And Ahsoka asks Din to consider letting her deliver it. Din's like, but I, but I came all this way. And he's right there. That that little that little comment right there where he's like, but I came all this way, and then adding on, he's right there. Like he he really wants to see this kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm looking at him. Like I miss my boy. I miss mm-hmm. my boy. Let me see my boy. How did he not and, detect uh, him? How did Grogu not be like, Dad, right over there? You know, Papa. Dad, Papa. Like, ah. Oh, I mean, he probably wasn't like active. Like he probably wasn't. Also, he is in training. He's not, he yeah, he's, he's, he is in training and also isn't, you know, he's not on, apparently like, loose feels level. him and doesn't doesn't even show a fucking thing. He's just like, oh, I know someone's here. Mm. And uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, of course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Ahsoka uh, understands that Grogu misses him a great deal. But, you know, if he sees you, it'll only make things more more difficult uh, for Grogu. And Din's like. All right, go ahead, take this to him. Make sure that Grogu's protected. And let's just admire our man's den real quick for not only being strong enough to let this man, let this kid go with Luke Skywalker in the first place, but then to be there 40 feet away from him and allow him the ability to move on if need be. And goddamn, what a man. I hate it. What a father! <laughs> oh my god! Go, go see your son. Go give him your. Go give him his armor. Here, um, just really quick, I'll show you if you think. Do you think that is his X-wing right there? Uh, I could see it. I could also see it just being a log. I, yeah, I know I, I that's think, the thing. Is I that it's that's either a log. it's either, because R two led him right here, you know, and that's the thing. It would be just it's the ship parking lot, you know, and then right. Luke parks his in the pond. So uh, I don't know that that's I just wanted. Uh, maybe it's just calling to the fact that next season when we pick up or next season of the Mandalorian when we pick up from this spot that we leave, mm. uh, Grogu picks the Mandalorian armor and then we see them walk over and he just lifts the X wing out of the water and they go mm. ahead and dip. Mm. Uh, that'd be cool, but uh, I imagine he has it more on standby. <laughs> I uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with this is that was just a log, but I also just love <laughs> the idea that just like canonically now. Luke never Luke doesn't park his ship. He just he he, he brings it, it down. Water. He hops out on top of it, turns it off, and like jumps off and just lets it fall into the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's ideal. He That's goes ideal. he goes for the nearest beach to where he's trying to go, and then mm-hmm. just like all right, I'm just gonna park, just pop this baby in the water real quick. I'll come back to it. No one will be able to take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's his uh, that's his anti theft system. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Upcoming no, no. is like the cutest scene. Ever. Oh, it's the best. Oh, you know, uh, after Din departs, uh, Skywalker carries Grogu in a in a backpack and places him down in the middle of a clearing. And 
Skywalker asks Grogu to jump, but Grogu's a little bit shy and looks like, come on, you can do it. Bend down, feel the force flow through you. You got this. And Grogu tries again. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you're trying too hard. Don't try. Do. Mm. And Skywalker carries Grogu in the, in the bag through the, through the forest, you know, on his back. Do or do not. There is no truth. You know, seeing him carry him in the same backpack that he carried Yoda in, mm. walking through, leaping through the forest over rocks. The front flip. Oh, it was just <laughs> wonderful. And he, when he climbs up the tree and you see that whole landscape, I'm like, God, I'm in love with everything going on here. Yeah, they, I don't know. This episode was just, I can't believe what I'm, like what I'm getting shown. Like, oh, this is right. just a. This is an episode of Book of Boba Fett. Like, what is going on? This is Luke Skywalker and Grogu in their train. Like, what? Like, I'm what? seeing, like, what? what? You know? Like, oh. And, and so you guys kind of talked about it earlier. I think at this point, like, Colton, how you said, like, the whole arc thing. I think they, like, this is only the Book of Boba Fett. Just so that way they could, you know, have the first four episodes solely be about Boba Fett. And, like, the backstory and, like, catch you up with everything that happened. And then move on to it being them just like being like, all right, this is gonna, we're just gonna have like Clone Wars now. Hmm. Like, we're just gonna have like a dedicated show live action where Clone it just, Wars. where, well, not live action Clone Wars, but I mean like where it's like live action and it just, it jumps from story to story to hmm. story and from time, you know, it's all in one continuous timeline, but it jumps live from story to Clone story. Live action Clone Wars type beat. Yeah. Right beat. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's what they, but, uh, I think that's the official um, word, wording they used in Disney. Um, to categorize yeah, Book of Boba. Um, yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, atop this bamboo tree, tell, uh, Luke tells Grogu that there's a wider world out there and feel the force all around him. And the two meditate as the wind blows, and Skywalker tells Grogu that he will find balance through the force. And later on, Luke takes Grogu to the riverside, and while Grogu rests on a branch, he tells him to concentrate. And Grogu struggles to sit up on his little foot and uh, begins taking small steps, and later on Skywalker parries with the blade while Grogu meditates in the bamboo forest mm. and just watching. And I like this, like, he's like, all right, check this out, little dude. This is what you can do with a lightsaber. I'm going to show you what's going on. The reflection off of Grogu's oh. eyes, and you see Luke just swinging, and you're just like, he's just dedicating all this to memory, you know? Like, he's just mm -hmm. taking it in. Like, and like, this is like, I don't know. This is just how much I love Star Wars. Like, I had a single tear roll down my face. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is moving. This is like new Mark Hamill. Like, um, is it the pilot guy? Is like that the still yes, the it's Max That's so it's... awesome that the previous episode. And then they're like, here's Luke. Like, I literally said that in the previous podcast. I said, it'd be hilarious if the pilot, you know, was just a, a way to get us used to seeing this as new Luke. And they're going to bring him in next episode, you know, mm -hmm. as a joke. And then here he is you know yeah exactly uh, so but man that's yeah i i don't know it was just beautiful like seeing the swinging in grogu's eyes and it was like oh my god like this is luke fucking skywalker swinging his, right. the, in his prime bro like in his prime like in his prime in the like, in the all black fit yeah mm, beautiful and you know he introduces him to a training remote mm. uh the one that we we've seen we've seen previously uh Interestingly enough, I wonder if this is the same training remote or if they had multiple training remotes on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it's uh, the same later on, one. Later <laughs> on, it's found in the Millennium Falcon by Finn. 
Uh, well, I would I would assume they like Luke just knows how to build them. Yeah, yeah, you're probably since we do see Grogu just be like, all right, go fuck yourself. Just absolutely quit quit shooting at me. Oh, true. Yeah, this one's just a a (laughs) and it and it falls into the water and sinks and just goes. Or it is the same one, and Luke, being the master Jedi he is, knew that it was essential in the storyline of Finn and Rey and all them. So he put it back, and the Millennium Falcon came back to his island. Um, only naturally. So only yeah, it's naturally. like putting the Infinity Stones back in place. He just needed to do it. He needed he to go back in the Falcon. Him. So he know he knows one day someone else will be in the Falcon and need yeah. this training and need this training right. thing. Right. But he he sets the training remote down next to Grogu and <laughs> Grogu examines it and walks up to it and is like, "All right, I know what I got to do with this motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> he goes ahead and rolls it. And I love Luke being like, "That's not how that works." Uh, but here we go. And uh, he activates it, and and I'm gonna tell you, Luke Lucky didn't, didn't see this shit. <laughs> this uh, this probably what are you doing? Was a heart attack across the world. Um, everyone was <gasps> no, not the well, little he, one. He jumps back, he lands, and that that uh, shit was hilarious. I disagree. I, as soon as that thing came up, I was like, oh, he's getting shot immediately. Oh, oh yeah, it was a guarantee. But yeah. uh. Oh. I love, I love that you know he gets used to it and he goes ahead and uh, he, he jumps, he leaps, and I'm like, holy fucking shit! Boy's Look at the way this little guy can move. Around, yes, he's independent. Yes, he is, and I like watching him leap around. I'm like, holy shit, this man can really do it. Uh, and he's he's dodging his ass off, bouncing rock to rock and stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, I love this kid. And, you know, Luke watches on, and then uh, Ahsoka approaches him, and she's impressed with the progress Grogu's making. And he, he, the shot they showed of him using the Force to destroy the training remote, where he's like, Urgh. he's like working really hard and mm-hmm. squeezing his fist. It's it's just adorable. He's pissed. He's like, I don't want to jump around anymore. I'm tired, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, Grogu's like, huh, huh. Like, he looks at Luke, and he, like, points at the training remote, like, I did it, right? <laughs> and uh, Luke's like, good job, buddy. And uh, Ahsoka, you know, says, yeah, you've taught him well. And Luke's like, well, it's more like he's remembering remembering what I'm teaching instead of me actually teaching him. And Ahsoka observes that sometimes the student guides the master, which was just a little, like, <laughs> I mean, the like, they, oh, what was it, something like, uh, Luke was uh, like, I wonder right if your, here. your heart was in it or something like that. Yeah. Is that like, and then Ahsoka. It, it, it's like next. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll yeah. Skywalker notes that the, you know, he's like the Mandalorian was here. And Ahsoka's like, I told you they mm. share a strong bond. And, uh, didn't brought him a gift. Mm. And like the, the tone was kind of like, and guess what? Guess what we have to deal with now. Mm-hmm. This man brought him a fucking gift. Uh, and she shows Luke the red cloth containing the Beskar. And Luke's like, uh, I don't know. I, I question whether Grogu is committed to being a Jedi. I, I, I wonder if his heart is in it. And Ahsoka looks at him and goes, "So much of your father in you." And the the look he the look he gives her the look he gives her was just like a like the the being able to interact with someone who knew Anakin that must sick. be so cathartic for Luke. That line was just like a in that one line that was like so much history. Like mm. in that one line, like oh, I'm just like my head is just flashing with different periods of Star Wars as I'm watching this. It's insane, mm. but uh, 
I just absolutely love that. How long does Ahsoka live for? I mean, she's she's a good 30 or 40. She's not that old, so. No, I know, but I would like her speed, like, I don't know. I would assume it's probably probably similar to, like, a human's lifespan. But nevertheless, you know, uh, Luke asks uh, what he should do about Grogu, and Ahsoka counsels him to trust his instincts while Grogu rests nearby, and Luke asks if he'll ever see her again. And uh, Ahsoka replies, perhaps. May the Force be with you. <laughs> the most TV answer ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Yes. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but then after that, you know, uh, we see Din flying back into Tatooine, into the hangar of Boba's palace. And a Gamorrean guard greets him with an axe as he climbs out of the Starfighter. And Din explains that he's here at the request of Fennec Shand. And the Gamorrean's like, alright. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yep, that's a person I know. <laughs> yeah, I know Fennec. All right, cool. Anybody could have flown in here and said anything involving <laughs> Fennec, and I would have led you to her. Yep. Uh, okay. But uh, in the briefing room, you know, Fennec is briefing the mods and uh, and Boba Fett, Black Crescent, and Mok Shai's Major Domo about the uh, mobilization of the Pike Syndicate. And Mok Shai's has fled off world. Fennec believes that because of this, the storm is about to break. The Major Domo chimes in. He's like, ah, this was a scheduled vacation. And then the Gamorrean gets in his face and fucking oinks. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. All right, yeah, I get it. Not for me. Not for me to say. Um, and Fennec's like, all right, go ahead and look at the map here. These are where the Pikes are gathering based on whispers. Mm. Uh, the three crime families of Mos Espa seem willing to lay low and let the Pikes lay claim to their territory. And she inter- And as she says this, she notices Din enter the room. Uh, and she goes ahead and introduces him and says that Din and Chrysanthemum will be enough to provide experienced muscle to serve as enforcers. And I was like, oh, just the idea of Chrysanthemum and Din working side by side. You know we're seeing that in the finale. Mm. That's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, mm. And, you know, she compliments the mods for surveying the streets. And uh, Fennec recognizes that they lack numbers to help out in a full-out war, and therefore they need reinforcements. And Din's like... Bet, I just got a new ship. I'm trying to fly this thing around. I got this. BRB. And uh, <laughs> goes ahead and uh, dips real quick. And uh, you know, he, he likes he, flying that thing. He does because mm-hmm. he, he circles a little sand crawler here <laughs> carrying the skull of the crate dragon he might he might have killed in Mandalorian Season 2. And all these Jawas are like, oh, shit, that's the ship that's we worked dude. on. That's yeah. Oh, fuck He gave us the fucking egg. <laughs> uh, but you know <laughs> he lands his starship in Most Pelgo and then is greeted by Deputy Sheriff and get this, his name on fandom, Scott. <laughs> you yeah. tell him it's just Scott. Just Scott. Um, you know, oh, no, I mean, that's, which makes perfect sense because fuck Scott. I was yeah. gonna say fuck with, with how just thoroughly he was just fucked um, later on, he deserved to just be named Scott. Kind of a narc. Fuck Scott, dude. This man's a piece of shit. You know, he's like, you need to park your ship elsewhere. And then responds, you know, uh, I've got business with Cobb Vanth. I'll uh, take it from here. Yeah, I love that. And the way he yeah. approaches, I'm telling you. We've talked about it on many occasions. Uh, anytime you know, like uh, the uh, oh, the one the one chick in Sanctuary that he he nearly fell in love with. 
and there was there was talk of it with Cara Dune and a few others, like sexual tension. There's no one that Din has more palpable sexual tension with than Cobb fucking Vanth. See, see, but uh, that's perfectly explainable, right? They're just two boys. They're just two dudes being dudes. No one has more sexual tension than two guys that are best friends. That's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> uh, you know, he approaches and he's like, uh, Vanth explains that, he, you know, he's new, a bit jumpy. Is that a Naboo starfighter? Mm. Uh, you know, they, they approach and Dan remarks, you know, I haven't seen you since you gave up your armor. He's like, yeah, I've just been more careful. Where's the little guy? Mm. And Den's like, uh, well, I had to give him back with his own folk. And the little line that Vanth serves up here, you know, uh, I guess we both lost something we're fond of. I was like, aw, like Cobb gets it. Everyone's been like, ah, oh, you could have made a fortune off that thing. Mm. And Cobb's like, oh man, I'm sorry. He gets it. Uh, and, uh, you know, after that, uh, Den offers to buy, and he's like, uh, so, uh, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> Which is funny because he just can't drink, you know, in public. Yeah, um, no. So, like, he can only so can buy, buy people you drinks. Drink? Yeah, like, which is just funny. Um, that's all I can <laughs> think about, like, in this bar. was That is funny. I didn't even consider mm. that. There's another one of those examples later on that I can't wait to bring up. Mm. Uh, I can't wait till we get there. But inside the cantina, you know, Din tells Cobb that he needs him to lead a garrison since his people are good fighters and that there's enough money to hire them. Cobb's like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I, ever since we took out that crate dragon, I think we're kind of good with just laying low. And Den's like, well, most Pelagal may be safer now, but they are part of the same planet. And, you know, he says, we need good people to fight or the spice is bound to come through these parts. And Cobb says that as long as he is her, you know, there's not going to be a problem. Why should we risk our lives for Boba fucking Fett? And Den reiterates that most Pelago might be good for now. And a week way behind the bar is like, ah, it's Freetown. Uh, it suits us better. And uh, Din reminds Cobb that he's like, all right, you you, you folks at Freetown, uh, you, you know, you, you <laughs> I know that we fought alongside the citizens of Freetown and that they are uh, they're brave people. You know, I know I know what they're capable of. And he explains that Boba Fett's forces are outnumbered by the Pike Syndicate and that they need their help. And the weak way, you know, responds, ah, that, we don't want no part of that. That's a city folk fight. And then uh, asks Cobb if he agrees. And Cobb replies, you know, we're even, man. Like, I don't I don't know. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. And, and I, I like I like to the next. He, he's like, I didn't take I didn't take you for someone who backs down in the face of a bully. Mm. You know, and he goes, you know, Dan, with that big smile, it lets you get away with anything. <laughs> uh, just flirting their asses off. And I, I, and then the line Din delivers with such humility here where he's like there's no easy way to ask for a favor man like i i, I get that we're even and stuff but bro help me out mm. um and, and i like that like din's just doing this shit for free he doesn't even really know what they're fighting for he doesn't know boba fett all that well he just knows that he helped him save grogu therefore he's down to ride with boba and therein you need to help boba too mm-hmm. um i mean it's I also for the planet too like it's for a legitimate, oh, yeah. you know, cause that makes sense, you know? You know, so. Pelly told him last episode, the Pikes, with their spice, the Syndicate are kind of mm-hmm. tearing shit apart, you know? They're, they rule through fear, and, you know, I think he can see that Boba Fett's probably trying to end that, which I respect. And, uh, you know, Cobb says that things are tough in Freetown, but he'll see what he can do. And Din's like, all right, cool, deuces, I'm gonna hop in my ship at the perfect time. Mm. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Cobb tells the weak way to assemble all the men and women of fighting age for a meeting in the town hall. So, like, he's in, you know, he's it's time. And the weak way thinks yeah, that this dispute between Fett and the Pikes is not their problem. And Cobb's like, what I'm about to tell you may change their minds after you hear what I have to say. And I think it's probably that he ran into Pikes just earlier that day yeah. trying to run their spice through the territory. Like, this is a problem. It will hit us. Mm. Uh, it already it already has hit us. Um, right, we're already bringing spice through here. I just stopped them. And here, yeah, there you go. The ultimate hit. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, oh. Then in the distance, Cobb sees a lone figure out in the distance. How instantly did you guys know? Oh, instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I was like, that's Cad Bane. Cowboy hat. The well, at, like walk. at first, I was like, is that Cad Bane? And then there was like a second shot where they cut back to him, where he was he was a little closer, but you could make the hat out. And I was like, that is Cad Bane. Uh, but yeah, you know, Cobb sees this lone figure, some uh, stranger, coming in from the desert, and uh, you know, he's approaching Freetown, and he you know he senses the trouble. He tells a woman named Joe to have the people evacuate inside, and. Joe's like, something wrong? He's like, ah, you know, I hope not, but better to err on the side of safety. And Cobb walks out to confront the stranger while the citizens evacuate. And Deputy Scott's like, what's going on? Like, fuck you, Scott, get inside. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Cobb's like, I got this, man. You're real headstrong. Just go ahead and stay the fuck out of this. And uh, tells the deputy, you know, I'll face down the stranger. And as he he comes into view, we we see the Duros bounty hunter. Cad Bane. He addresses Cobb Van. Cobb's like, who are you? Van replies that whatever Fett is paying him, they will match. And he tells Cobb that uh, all they have to do is stay put and stay out. Deputy Scott says, you know, uh, Marshall's not for sale. And it's like, damn it, bro. Even even the Marshall's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Mm. You need to fucking fuck off, guy. And, uh, you know, Cobb's like, fuck, what's your name, man? And uh, he looks up, and you see his fucking eyes, and you're like, holy shit, he looks he looks freaky. I wouldn't want to fuck with him. It, it makes Cobb like, oh, oof, you look scary. And, uh, and this is the line here where I go, it, it reminded me of the line that, Joe, you said earlier, you know, he has to offer to buy people drinks because he can't ever take a drink himself. Whenever uh, Cad Bane goes, ironically enough, uh, you should watch where you stick your nose mm. mm-hmm. because Cad Bane does not have a nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you think, like, because he never says his name to them, like, do you think he, they just know who he is? Like, he's that widely known? No. I don't, I don't, I don't take it that Cad Bane is a legend, like a legendary bounty hunter. Mm. Um, I, and I don't really take it that most of the bounty hunters are legendary unless you're in the, with like around the right group of people. I don't think it's too stretch of a, too big of a stretch to say that these people and most Pelgo are probably out of Fair. the loop a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I was um, just saying, he probably is a legendary one. It's just only among other bounty hunters. Okay. 
was it just me or the things that were on his like wrists looked like child like children toys like they didn't i look, i did notice that it did look a little weird it and looked it was like also, a, like a game cube the blue game cube you know um it looked exactly like that for some reason to me his arms also looked really long in one of the like on like whenever it's like showing his like upper body and his head his arms just looked like they go down like past his like knees and it just looked really weird for a minute like the i'm like, gonna but then it looked I'm fine it looked fine later on I'm gonna say it. Um, I, I, what I, I mean, I fucking love seeing Cad Bane in live action, and I like getting to see Ahsoka Tano in live action. But they're they are yet to bring a character to life on screen from animation to its fullest uh, potential. I think. Well, I think part of that is also because like the way they animated it, like you could one do a lot more in animation, and they're also like they're animated differently in every single like. Like, if you look at Ahsoka, she's animated very differently between Clone Wars and Rebels. One, because she aged, but also it's just two different animation styles. No, so certainly. I think that's, that, that's I, a big part of it. No, absolutely. I don't think, I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I just mean that, like, uh, at some point, uh, maybe, maybe the animation characters are, are better off in animation. Mm. It's just kind of all all that I. <laughs> yeah, well, this makes me afraid that that they're not going to get Thrawn, like right. And I see, really I think, want I think Thrawn is also like... a much easier thing to animate or or to uh to to do in live action because it's I literally hope. just it's literally yeah. just a dude painted blue. And I do want to say again, not huge, not huge concerns with Cad Bane's design. I do like I do like that he's a little paler than he was in live action. You know, he's old as fuck at this mm. point. It would make sense that he's a little paler. My only my only gripe was that the mouth's a little high. But other than that, I'm really, really cool with it. I real and like it didn't take me out of it. I was still like, yeah. Oh, that's Cad Bane. It wasn't like I was like, Who's that? You know, like I, I knew who that was. And, and I, think I was also, still as excited as I could possibly fucking be. I think also part of it is they're trying really hard to like have them be like just a hundred percent live action. So not right. using CGI or anything else to make them look a little bit closer. And I think like, I think this is a character where it would help if they did, if they did just a touch of CGI. Yeah. Cause not this does be look like a physical mask. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's even the same thing on things like the, uh, um, like some of the, um, like some of the animals that they do. Where I think if they just did a touch of CGI, like you don't have to CGI it up and make the entire thing animated, but just a touch like of CGI to, to make it not look a hundred percent just animatronic. I yeah. get that. How about the fact that that quote came from the same show that we're watching right now? What quote? Uh, like a bantha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like there, there are certain things that they're they're trying to make it look a lot closer to like the uh, the original trilogy. Than they did in the yeah, prequels. And, They're trying to and I like really, hard really, original. really like it. I I like it, but at the same time, I do think that there are some things, like like oh, the, I, like a, like the Bantha or or like Cad Bane, where like like it's like it looks great, but you have the technology to do it. Right, it right, it'd be right. like if you if 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 they did the same thing with the lightsabers, like if they had the original trilogy lightsabers, you'd be like, like I get, like it still looks cool. But you can do so much more. Why would you not? <laughs> I see. I see. And I'm I'm kind of with you there for sure. But uh, nevertheless, you know, Vanth is like uh, after he asks if he should be careful, you know, tells him he should be careful where he sticks his nose. Cobb's like, is that just friendly advice? Or are you threatening me? Mm. 
<laughs> and uh, the stranger's like, Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer who worked for the Empire. And, you know, Cobb tells him, you know, the, that the Pikes, uh, it's, you know, close for business. Seen enough violence. And the stranger remarks that Cobb Vance should have never given up his armor. And then they have the classic Western face down. They eye each other as the deputy on the other side. Scott is a little, uh, little too jumpy. Uh, he gets our boy shot. Fuck Scott. As, as he's, as he is the first one to draw and the last one to get his gun out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first one to draw, last one to get his gun out and the last one to get shot. I mean, it literally showed the hierarchy. It showed the hierarchy of how just yeah. good Cad Bane is and how middle of the road. You know, uh, Vanth is, and then how the rookie's just rookie. Like he, he's not yeah. getting anything done. Well, I, no, I would even say like Cobb Vanth is like pretty good at this. It's just Cad Bane is. He had know, to. T- he had too much to worry about. Cad, Cad so. Bane is is top of the line. Cobb Vanth is still pretty good, but clearly worse I mean, than Cad and, knew where he was and shooting fucking, too. Yeah, like, and Scott and Scott is a little bitch who decided to draw his weapon, hmm, and Cad Bane Scott's said, "I know, more. I know, you drew your weapon first. But I'm gonna wait to shoot you. That's how little I think of you. I don't even need to focus on you first. Fuck Deputy Scott. Yeah, that guy sucks. Me and all my homies hate Scott. But a lot of people were like, "Man, I'm really sad that that Vanth died." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like Cad Bane talked to him. You know, like he knew where he shot. He shot him in like the upper right shoulder. Yeah, you know, like away from his heart. And he talked to him, and they were in like the town folk were like, "Get the stems, like you know, like go get a doctor." I'm kind of tired. Mm. Kind of tired of my of Cad Bane, a character I really want to like, shooting all the characters I really I do like. like. Yeah. Um, also, uh, also, I do love it though. He knows where he shot Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is not dead. Cobb Vanth is injured. Oh yeah, and then he, he shot the other dude. Scott time. is so dead. Scott yeah. was. He said, Thank "Go God. fuck." You. We were just having a nice conversation, and you decided to pull a gun out of nowhere. You brought a con. You brought a gun to a to a conversation, so I'm going to make sure you never, you know, do anything again. <laughs> I got exactly. a question for you guys, and I don't know, I don't even know if I want to bring this up, but uh, with live-action Cad Bane, does that mean that there's a slight chance for live-action Toto? Or is Toto, like, dead? Yeah. I, for, I forgot I've what had this thought. With, I've, I've had this fear with the, mm. with the introduction of Cad Bane's uh, live-action introduction. Mm-hmm. If I have to see Toto in live action, oh my God, it better be yeah. for the last fucking time. Oh, live action Toto. Oh, I love it. I can't wait for it. It better be for the last time. Oh, my God. Destroyed. If they, if they bring live action Toto into this, hey, and better yet, he's not in it. It means he's long fucking dead. Thank God. Uh, well, but, I uh, mean, he was just here on his own. We don't know where Cad Bane God, hangs so out. Hey, but everywhere, everywhere Cad Bane went in Clone Wars and clone wars he had yeah but he, maybe he was on a ship still you know he told him stay on the ship you know i got this yeah right 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 yeah joseph but, uh, quit using, I your, so quit using the logic sorry sorry I'll, i refuse uh, to see toto in live action if he's on screen i'm closing my eyes <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you hear uh who is it that voices him what's his name a fucking seth uh seth seth, seth, seth green, green. Yeah, as soon as you hear yeah. Seth Green's voice, you're we're gonna hear his voice obviously before he shows up. We're gonna you're gonna hear oh, yeah. his voice. And you're just gonna I shut I master. Shut, I shut. And I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. I'm you're gonna, gonna, you're I'm gonna, gonna be running from ear to ear. I'm gonna be gonna, so happy if Toto shows up. <laughs> oh, I will too. You're gonna pause it and then you're just gonna like go through on like the 
on the bar at the bottom to see when he stopped showing up on screen, and then you'll just skip the entire. When scene. Toto shows up, exactly. I don't need. I don't need to see what was happening in that scene. I will instantly text both of you, just laughing. I would just laugh, and that's that's it. Um, so it, it could be a spoiler. I'm immediately turning to the group chat but... with the fuck Toto. Mm. But uh, <laughs> you know, as uh, as Cobb lays there on the ground, uh, Cad Bane says, "You know, Tatooine belongs to the syndicate." As long as the spice is running, everyone will be left alone. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get it. And then the stranger walks into the, just walks from where, from whence he came. And the townsfolk are like, oh, get him, get him. Fuck. Get, get Cobb. He's, he's hurt. Get, get him to the ambulance. Like he's, he's fine. You know, I think, I think he'll live. Uh, you don't, you don't kill off Cobb Banth after two appearances. You just don't. Uh, and this is what's going to get Cobb Banth to be like, okay, so clearly we do need to take part in this. Now it's personal. Mm. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, two Pike enforcers visit uh, Garza Fwip's sanctuary, the cantina. And uh, they sit at a table and are served by a protocol droid where uh, the band plays. We only see the Biff. We don't see Max Rebo. We don't see Max Rebo, and I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to the fact that we don't see Max Rebo. That's a good point. Okay, uh, so we do got but, someone uh, out. We we got some hope from the cantina. Oh, right. But you know these these two Twi'leks that we've seen before uh, offer to clean the Pike's helmets, and they go ahead and deny that. Uh, and they, as soon as they deny them that, they go ahead and stand up and they leave. But uh, they're missing something. Uh, the protocol droid behind them says, "You know, you forgot your Comtono." And all the while, through all this, Garcef Whip has been eyeing the pikes kind of nervously. And as soon as she hears that, she gets, she goes wide-eyed like, fuck. And then, boom, goes the dynamite. Uh, I have uh, strong doubts anyone inside that cantina lived. Just because you see fire burst <laughs> yeah. outside of the door. Um, and it's just sad to say goodbye to Garcef Whip. I don't know. If it's not on screen... It kind of was on screen because of what we saw, but I guess she just wouldn't be there anymore, probably, you know? So there isn't anything yeah. to show, but I I don't know. I'm still holding on. I need more. Hey, you know, get her get her back to Boba's back to tank, you know? Yep, let's, that, yep let's... that's... Th- thank you. You gave, you gave me some sliver of hope. <laughs> She's up I'm a miss. There. I'm a miss mommy, uh, but... You know, after that, we're done with uh, we're done with Tatooine for for the rest of the episode, and uh, we're back to Skywalker's newly built Jedi Temple, all completed. The androids finished their job, and you know, Luke presents Din Djarin's gift to Grogu. He unwraps the red cloth, revealing a Beskar chainmail, and uh, Skywalker explains that the Mandalorian wanted him to have it. And he lays it on the carpet, and Grogu's like, ah. Uh-huh. Cool, dope. That's mine. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. He pulls out Yoda's lightsaber. What the fuck? A little comics retcon. That's okay. Mm. We'll move past it. Uh, as a comic book reader, every time something like this happens, there's a little part of me that stings. But I let the live action thing outweigh my my view of the comics. You know, after. There's a Darth Vader comic where Yoda's lightsaber was tossed into an oven with a bunch of other lightsabers and destroyed after Order 66. Hmm. Um, but, you know, this I think it's better. a lot cooler. 
I, I think it's a lot cooler that Yoda's lightsaber is passed down to Grogu. And, and just Yoda thinking himself. about the fact, yeah, thinking about the fact that uh, the last time this saw action was against Palpatine's blade. Oh, uh, now it's now it's being handed to Grogu. Uh, to be is used crazy. For another, to be used for another nine hundred years. Amazing. As, as long Amazing. as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't get killed by Kylo. Yes. Yes. Hopefully not. I'm I'm really hoping that this like choice here is like he's like a you know I'm gonna make you choose one and then whenever he chooses the lightsaber he's like <laughs> you made the correct choice now here's the armor. Oh. Right. Well, I think I, I, here's I my thing. I don't Let, think let's... it's gonna happen, or it might be like a here's you know when it, maybe whenever he's a little bit older he might give it to him. But I just I want him to have the little chainmail armor so bad it'd be so fucking cute. It, it really would be. I think, you know, here, you know, Skywalker tells Grogu, you know, you must choose one. If he chooses the armor, he will return to, to his friend, the Mandalorian. However, you know, you would be giving into attachment for those that he loves and forsaking the way of the Jedi. If he chooses the lightsaber, Skywalker promises that he will be the first student in his academy, that he will train him to be a great Jedi. And Luke says it will take many years to master the ways of the Force and that he may never see the Mandalorian again. Because... A short time for Grogu, maybe a lifetime for someone else. And I was like, That's the line right there that solidified his decision, right there. I I don't I don't think I don't know I don't see like everyone's hanging on like that's Yoda's lightsaber. It's obviously being passed down to Grogu. Like obviously whatever Grogu just heard, you know. Oh yeah, Din is going to die, and I'm going to live way longer than him. So I'm just going to go with my boy for, you know, until he dies, then I can become a Jedi, but he won't have Luke though. He won't be able to become a Jedi at that point. My mm, thing is that be an we're, old man. we're dealing with uh, interesting territory here for Luke. Does he accept, you know, you know? as this is. Uh, this is Yoda being like, no, don't leave. You're not done with your training. And he's like, but I got to go help my friends. Mm -hmm. I got to go to Leia, Han, and Lan I got to go. Yeah. Uh, he goes ahead and leaves. Still becomes a Jedi, does he not? That's true. Um, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about here. I think he's going about teaching Grogu attachment in a much uh, healthier way than the Jedi had previously taught attachment. However, it would also make sense if he wasn't good at that wasn't good at teaching attachment and that's what ultimately destroys ben solo um it would be super easy to be like grogu chooses the armor goes back to din we never have to worry about grogu getting killed at luke's academy again all that can stay the same way it's always been we never have to worry about grogu in that storyline again and that is a lot cleaner than anything else they can do but i don't see luke giving up on grogu uh, hmm. And I guess attachment is like a completely different conversation with Grogu than it is with Kylo. Uh, because, I mean, of the line, like, a short time for you is a lifetime for someone else. Um, and Luke doesn't really have um, the best human interaction, you know. Um, no. He's not really the best with family, you could say. So I, I'd see, I could see, like, even if Grogu stays at the temple, like, he could teach... Um, attachment in a way where it's somewhat okay and he's going you know not super strict jedi because there i mean there is no jedi temple there's no council anymore you know there's there's none of that 
So I could see him bending the rules a little bit. Um, because I, I mean, also say, though, if if he does what the Jedi before him did, and that's what leads to the fall of Kylo Ren, it mm. very, very, very much so justifies his stances in Episode Eight. Uh, his like, no, I'm real. I realized that shit doesn't work. Uh, I thought it might. You know, I, I learned from Obi-Wan and Yoda who told me the ways of the Jedi. I didn't realize there were flaws. I guess history just repeated um, itself. Like, tried to do the same thing and the same thing just happened. Like, bound, it's bound to happen. Someone is bound to see the flaws in the ways of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, like, we gotta remember, we know, we know the flaws of the Jedi. Mm. Obi-Wan and Yoda, like, they didn't portray the flaws of the Jedi to Luke. They they were very very much so like, no we we know how the Jedi way worked. This is how it was. This, uh, and I think he'll. I think I think maybe he follows that path and realizes it was the wrong way to go. Uh, with eventually with mm. Ben, um, and maybe it is as simple as that. And therefore, Grogu chooses the chainmail, and Grogu goes back to Din, and that's just that. Um. They wouldn't have hollowed out that astromech thing if Grogu wasn't going to be up there, you know? Well, that's the thing is that, like, that's that's what's going to happen. There's no way we do this separated Din and Luke thing. I mean, Din and Grogu thing for that long. There's no way that Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, we'd be getting spoiled if we just kept going back to Luke Skywalker's temple and like, I mean, maybe that's what they're going to do. I can't like, I couldn't tell you until we see it, but I'm always err on the side of we are not getting Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker again. That is like always where I'm going to err on the side of, I think we'll see him at least one more time. Uh, but just given where we leave this episode, but beyond that, I don't know. Uh, it's just always really interesting to think about how that storyline could possibly wrap up. Man, I, I, my best guess is that they're going to, ha- they're going to find some way to make it both. Maybe not immediately, but like, he's definitely going to wield that lightsaber at some point. Like that just has to happen. Like whether it only comes after Luke dies and then Grogu just gets it after Luke's dead. And you know, that's how he gets it. Or it, it's like, he picks the armor, goes within for a while. And then Luke's like, this was the correct thing to do. Here's your lightsaber. Um, like the other thing though, too, is that like, you know, that's not, that's not the Jedi way mm. being true. gifted a lightsaber. You build your lightsaber. That's Luke true. built his lightsaber. Well, but they can't, I, I think it's a little bit harder to build lightsabers now because Luke built his lightsaber off of the pieces of another lightsaber. Ooh, does Luke have you to can't take really... Grogu to wherever the crystals Ilum? are? Yeah, Ilum doesn't really have crystals. It's, it's destroyed by the Empire. Oh damn! For the because Ilum, well, Ilum becomes Ilum becomes a damn. Oh, later on Star becomes killer base. Yeah, that's why. Like, it's you, right. don't you remember in Fallen Order how like he, you know, it was like a search to even find one, like any crystals mm-hmm. because they were mining it out so thoroughly. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess it would make sense just to be gifted one now. Um. Or have, have yeah. like a scrap. I mean, like, because Luke kind of had a, a scrapbook between Qui-Gon's and Obi's, you know, Obi-Wan's. Like, yeah. uh, it's kind of how his lightsaber was made. It's just the scraps he had at the time, or like the pieces he had at the time. Um, 
So I guess it's not too far off. Um, but man, right, it would, all, would be sick later on getting their lightsabers. Yeah, it would be sick to see Grogu build one though, and like it's out of Beskar somehow. You know, like maybe he melts down the armor into a lightsaber hilt instead, or like maybe that's his way of building. When he gets older and can't upgrades, fit into the armor anymore, he upgrades yeah. Yoda's. By coding it in Beskar or something like that. I don't know. Like, uh... no, I could absolutely see that. I I don't think there's a way in hell they miss out on the opportunity of giving Grogu a Beskar lightsaber hilt. I'm, I'm That's, thinking... that is how they're going to merge the Mandalorian Jedi thing. Like, they're going to go ahead and be like. My question is: Is there was there like a lot of Beskar left over um, after From that sphere? Because like. Yeah. Like there's it's a, the same like, thing whenever just kept, it's, she just kept it. Yeah, well, it was the same it. thing whenever like, uh, Mando brought in like the, the like the chest of uh, and of like save the rest for the younglings he, yeah, or the foundlings yeah. or whatever. He gets he gets a bit of it or to do foundling. with whatever he it's wants, and then the rest of it mm. is used to make more is to make new stuff for foundlings. All I know is that I was I loved like I I can't stand this uh dissension on Twitter right now where it's like uh. There are people who liked episodes one through four of Book of Boba Fett and the people who liked episodes five and six of Book of Boba Fett. It's like, yo, I get I get the general idea. It always is. It's always one or the other with the with the Star Wars fandom. It seems like. Hey, I, I just recommend trying your best to enjoy it. I can't imagine watching this and letting the fact that it is a show about Boba Fett hold me back from enjoying this <laughs> i think critically you can critique it all you want like it's like this does make this a lesser show like whether you like it or not this deviated greatly from the the point of the story of this show and therefore it, it it'll reflect poorly on the show however that doesn't mean the stories aren't good and that the stories aren't highly fucking enjoyable uh I don't know. It is a fair deviating from the point of the show at all. I think maybe the point of the show is attachment and loyalty and family and like it's. uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's deviating from the themes of the show, but but deviating from from just Boba. From the like in a show called The Book of Boba Fett, for Boba Fett to have forty-five seconds of screen time and two episodes and no lines, that's absurd. That's Uh, the thing. Like the book of Boba Fett, like it's the story of how Boba Fett you know, came into power and came to rise. And this is probably a critical part yeah. in this story. Well, so like, just yeah. like, just like any book, you know, there are parts where the main character is not in focus and two Colton, I completely disagree. I've hated every episodes <laughs> one through four, because Boba Fett isn't the strong silent type who just kills everyone ruthlessly. Mm. And then, uh, five and six because he's not in them like Boba Fett was in the original trilogy. Yeah. And this is only two mm. out of seven episodes. What so twenty eight percent of the show has not been Boba Fett? Okay, like that's twenty eight percent. Yeah, like I, I personally some, do some not quick have beef. one four two eight um, five seven of uh, repeating. It's no, I, I'm, I'm just, I know, I'm I lo- screwing with you. No, <laughs> I, anything over seven, I know. I personally have loved the last couple episodes, but I do understand critiques. Uh, uh, I, I do, however, think that. This has been one of the more enjoyable seasons of television I've ever watched. I've had a ton of fun. Uh, after these last couple episodes, I think I'd be comfortable going ahead and uh, after next week, I think I'll be comfortable going ahead and being like, I think I liked this more than Mandalorian season two. Um, 
as a whole in general. Uh, oh, yeah, because we didn't even have to wait until the last episode to get Luke. Right, right. No. And then not only did we get Luke, we got Ahsoka, we got Grogu, we got Din, we got Cad Bane, we got Boba, we got Fennec, we got everybody you've ever fucking wanted in something. You got Cobb Banth, you got everybody. It's it's it was a fucking great episode and I, I don't have anything else to say. My only thing is that the big connect between all of it is Thrawn um and Palpatine. It's one of them. Um maybe both, but that's that's the big connect. In my mind, because um, that's who was that's who's a, you know Ahsoka's after. She's after Thrawn, straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that, I I don't I don't think she just stopped. Looking we didn't for even him. we didn't even discuss this side of things. The fact that Ahsoka and Luke have spent time together not only means that they've caught up about Anakin and their dad, but uh, their dad, her master, <laughs> his dad, kind uh, of both their dad, but uh. The fact that she's almost certainly filled her filled him in on what what and who she's looking for. Um Ezra, meeting Ezra. Uh now there's the other thing. At this point in the timeline, I'm a little I'm, I'm just getting a little more scared the more we get that uh Ezra and Cal Kestis, they exist somewhere. Uh and I just wonder where uh or if they're around at this time. I, um yeah, I think I think Ezra is. Well, I think pop the, up in since show, clearly but... Thrawn is around, that almost has to mean Ezra's around because they both. Oh, yeah, I, I certainly yeah. think Ezra's around. It's just that, like, uh, I'm concerned as to as to his whereabouts because he was with Thrawn. Yeah, but I, I feel like that had to have been more of like a you know we'll escape this to get like we'll work together to get out. Um, well, it's and then and then go our Thrawn. separate ways because I can't imagine you know Thrawn's you know smart. He's not just going to be like, all right, I'm out. Fuck you, bitch. I'm going to kill you. Like, they're going to have to make... Oh, yeah. uh, like, Order 66 was devastating because a lot of people we love died, right? So, the new Order 66, which is Kylo going rampage on Luke's temple, has to be meaningful in some way, right? So, what would really suck if um, Ezra becomes part of Luke's temple and, like, teaches... Helps, like, Luke... You know, not not a student, per se, but learns, but probably so teaches... Helper. Yeah. Um, and then... Kylo ends up killing him, uh, which would really suck. Um, or if he becomes one of the Knights of Ren or something like that. I don't know. Like, it would be kind of cool if he, like, go, goes a dark path with Kylo or something like that. He always showed that inclination towards the dark every mm-hmm. once in a while, mm-hmm. as he did. But, uh, but. now, yeah, this was a great episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, all in all, one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars content ever. Don't know how, how it could be, frankly. Um, any last thoughts here from either of you? I think I'm good. All right. And with that, we conclude this episode of the Sarlacc Soundwave, Fett's Fuckboys, the Penny Bloom podcast. Twas I, Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We were also joined by Miles Buttress. Thank you very much, homie. Hey, happy to be here. You know, happy to come back anytime. Hey, how about next week even? That'll be, you know, one of the last times we'll be able to say next week for a little bit. So, yeah, probably. For a little bit, presumably. Uh, just because, like, I don't think we're going to keep the foot on the gas nearly as much with these with these shows over the next year. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, after the Book of Boba Fett, I think there's going to be something in between. I mean, you got Moon Knight coming March 30th. When is, uh, when is Obi-Wan coming out? That's probably not May for the a fourth, while. There's no probably. There's, but they not announced. But, 
Just said sometimes this so year. So here's the thing, is that the only way we're covering two things at the same time is if Kenobi drops May the 4th. Yeah. Because if Kenobi drops May the 4th, I'm pretty sure it will be concurrent with HBO's House of the Dragon, and I fully intend on covering the first Game of Thrones spinoff episode by episode. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Wait, when's that coming out? Uh, I, there's a, there was a date on IMDb. It hasn't been officially announced, but April 3rd seems to be kind of the consensus. Hmm. So oh, just, just here in a couple that. months. Oh, man. Ooh, I got to see oh. that. Ooh, I can't wait. Mm. I'm very ready. But nevertheless, we do have one episode remaining of The Book of Boba Fett, and uh, I'm very, very excited for that. If you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find well over 22 hours of exclusive content at this point, including uh, just a little bit ago we recorded on uh, our nostalgic memories of SpongeBob for the Patreon, which was a, which was a lot of fun. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can do the podcast. Cost me money. Don't make any off of it. Uh, so that, that's a huge help. Go to Twitter. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. If you're fucking with me and Joe, check out our uh, every Friday. We do our 52-year journey through film. On January 1st, we started with a movie from 1970. And every week we've covered a, a movie from a subsequent year, 71, 72, 73, 74. And this week is 75. And we'll be uh, Jaws. Is, uh, is tomorrow. So very, very excited about that. And then uh, if you would, go ahead and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Luke Skywalker. <laughs>